Surah Taha, we will begin from ayah number 49. So in Surah Taha, we learned that Musa salam, when he was given prophethood and he was equipped with miracles, he was sent to Fir'aun. Why? Because Fir'aun had tagha. He had crossed limits. He had become very excessive. He had gone to an extreme. What extreme did Fir'aun go to? What was the tughyan of Fir'aun? Okay, so one was rebellion against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that was his claiming to be God. And secondly, okay, and then there was another kind of tughyan that he did against the servants of Allah. And what was that? Enslaving and torturing the Bani Israel. And we see that repeatedly in these ayat, Musa alayhi salam is told, go, go to Fir'aun. Musa and Harun both are told, idhaba, both of you go. As if there is a sense of urgency that how many more people will be persecuted? How many more people will be tortured? What are you waiting for? You have been given this responsibility, go and fulfill your responsibility. So we learn from this that when people are being oppressed, and when people are misguided, then those who know, those who are aware, and those who can help them, what is their duty? That they must not delay. They must get up and do something to save humanity. Now when Musa went to Fir'aun and told him what he had come for, and he gave him the good news if he believed, and also the warning if he disbelieved, what was the response of Fir'aun? Qala, he said, فَمَنْ سُهُ رَبُّكُمَا The Lord of both of you, Ya Musa, O Musa. Fir'aun said to Musa salam, So who is this God you're talking about? Who is your Lord? This question is a very interesting question. Because Musa salam had made it clear that he had been sent by Allah, God. Right? And Fir'aun is basically trying to incite his people against Musa salam. That hey, I thought I was supposed to be God. What God are you talking about? He's trying to make his people angry with Musa salam. Those who are listening, those who are watching. ya Musa. And notice how he addresses Musa salam only, whereas both Musa salam and Harun had come to him. And notice famarabbukuma. Who is the Lord of both of you? But ya Musa, not ya Musa wa Harun. Why does he address only Musa salam? There could be two possibilities to this. One is that because Musa salam, he's the one who addressed Fir'aun. He's the one who brought the message. Harun was with him, but he's the one who spoke. He was clearly the leader between both of them. And this shows to us that when there is a group of people going somewhere to do something, then there must be one person who is placed in charge. Right? And then there is another possibility to this also, and that is that Musa salam, he grew up in the house of Fir'aun. So Fir'aun was more familiar with Musa salam. So this is why he is addressing him. فَمَرْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى قَالَ Musa salam responded, رَبُّنَا, our Lord, is الَّذِي, the one who أَعْطَى, he gave. كُلَّ شَيْءٍ, everything, خَلْقَهُ, its form, its creation. ثُمَّ then هَدَى, he guided. Who is Allah? Who is our God? Who is the Lord that we worship? The one who gave everything its form and the one who guided everything also. Beautiful introduction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Fir'aun, he claimed to be God, but he didn't create anything. 
Alright? And the response of Musa a.s. What does that show? That my God is greater than you. You think you're God? What kind of a God are you? What have you made? What have you guided? You are only oppressing people. Whereas the Lord that I believe in, He's the one who gave everything, it's khalq. Now what is khalq? Khalq is creation. Meaning He created everything. But then khalq also means the creation, meaning the form, the appearance of something, the way something has been created. So for example, human beings, we have been created in a specific way. Alright? Trees, they've been made in a specific way. Birds have been made in a specific way. So every creature has its own unique form and appearance. Every creation has its own unique characteristics, its own traits. So every creature, its unique characteristics, its details, its physical appearance, its shape, its size, its color, its material, what it is made from, how it looks, how it is from inside, how it functions, everything was made by who? Was made by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Every single thing. Allah created it. Allah gave it its unique form. And this is so amazing. Because if you look at the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's so much diversity. It's so diverse. Each khalq is unique. No two trees are exactly the same. No two birds are exactly the same. No two snakes are exactly the same. And there's so many species, so many groups. All right? And within those species, within those groups, again, there's so much diversity. So kulla shay'in, everything, the way it is, Allah made it that way. Allah gave it its unique appearance. And then He didn't just leave it there. Summa hada. Then He also guided. Meaning He also guided each creature. To what? To its purpose. To its function. To its food. To its place of residence. To where it has to migrate to. Because if you think about it, every creature from the moment it is born, it's seeking something, it's going somewhere, it's doing something. Have you ever seen baby turtles? Hmm? As they come out of the sand, what happens? They head straight to the water. So thumma hada. He didn't just make the turtles, gave them their unique form and ability and appearance, but he also guided every single turtle as to where it should go. Not away from the water, but towards the water. These days you find so many birds flying, big birds, loons. Where are they going? Where are they flying towards? What is their destination? Who guided them? Whether it is fish in the water, or it is ants crawling on the surface of the earth, or it is birds flying in the sky, each creature is going somewhere. Isn't it? Why is it going somewhere? To fulfill some need. Whether that need is food or reproduction or you know saving oneself from extreme weather, whatever it may be, every creature is moving, going. Who guided it? Who guided it? Allah. Every creature. Remember, we learned about the bee, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the bee that where to build its house and then where to collect its food from, right? So thumma hada, Allah has guided every creature. And this description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so amazing. This is such a wonderful introduction that you can give to anybody about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, for instance, children have lots of questions about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something that you can tell them. This is Allah. This is who our God is, who has guided everything. And this description also you know, makes you wonder that if He has guided every creature to its unique purpose, then... What about me? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? 
What am I doing here? What about human beings? Human beings that are meant to be the best of all creatures. What are we doing? Would Allah leave us misguided? Would Allah leave us ignorant? No. If Allah has taught the birds where to go in a particular season, then what about us? What about us? You know, for instance, there's so many places where this has been seen that just before a huge storm came, all the birds left. Just before the storm, all the birds left. Who taught them? Who gave them that ability? Who warned them? So if Allah warns the birds, then what about us? Would He not warn us? Would He not care about us? ثُمَّ هَدَى So in a way, Musa is indirectly telling them that I have also brought guidance to you from Allah that you need. قَالَ Fir'aun said, he completely ignored what Musa said. He said, فَمَا بَالُ الْقُرُونِ الْأُولَى Okay, then what is the state of the previous generations? فَمَا so what بَالُ Case, condition, bal, we have learned this word earlier as well. What is the condition of al-qurun, plural of qarn, generation? Al-ula, the first ones, meaning the former ones. Meaning the people who died before us, our parents, our forefathers, our ancestors, you didn't come to them, and no so-called messenger came to them. So they were not upon the guidance that you have brought. What about them? What's going to happen to them? Now again, this question is very provocative because it was going to create a lot of fitna. You know, this is just like you're talking to someone about Islam, about Jannah, about Akhirah, and then they say, oh, what about non-Muslims? Do they go to hell? And you're like, "Um, yes, but I don't want to say that. Right? You're put in such a difficult situation that if you give them the right answer, instantly they will get upset. And you can't even give them the wrong answer. Right? And it happens many times that people who don't want to actually accept what you're telling them, they will say things which will cause you know, people to become upset. They will touch the feelings of people. You know, for instance, when it comes to women's issues, you know, people will forget everything that Islam has given. Alright? But what will they say? But why is a man allowed to marry four wives? And why is it that Muslim women are you know, hidden behind a veil? They're being oppressed. Well, do you forget about everything else that Islam gives? Why do you have to focus on these controversial issues? When it comes to the life of the Prophet ﷺ, they'll forget everything. What will they focus on? Well, he massacred an entire Jewish tribe. That's what he did. You know, when it comes to the Qur'an, people will say, kill the disbelievers wherever you find them. So, many times this happens. Musa was also put in a similar situation. Let's look at his response. How did he handle that situation? Qala, he said, Its knowledge is with my Lord. Allah knows best. People who died before us, and they were not upon the way that I have brought, you know what? They are also Allah's servants. And Allah knows about them. Allah knows what they were upon. Allah knows what they deserve. عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي فِي كِتَابِ لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي لَا يَضِلُّ He does not go astray. He does not make a mistake. He does not err. Who? Rabbi, my Lord. My Lord never makes a mistake. His judgment is never flawed. It's never faulty. وَلَا يَنْسَى Nor does He forget. Just because people died a hundred years ago, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten them. No. He also remembers them. He also knows them. لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي وَلَا يَنْسَى 
So Musa alayhi salam, he knew the answer. What was the right answer? That if a person has died upon shirk, then of course, he's not going to Jannah. That's plain and simple. Right? But if he were to give that answer, it would cause the people to become very upset. Hmm? When we are in a situation like that, generally we distort the truth. We water it down. We say, oh, you know what, as long as they were good people, they should also go to paradise. Well, really? Even if they were doing shirk? When we learn in the Qur'an that whoever does shirk, فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has made Jannah haram on him. Who are we to say that just because they were good people, like for example, somebody will ask you, what about Mother Teresa? What about all the good that she's done? She's going to go to hell because she believed in Christ? What are you meant to say? Yes? Are you supposed to say that? If you say that, nobody's going to listen to you. Right? Even Muslims will get offended. People will get offended. Now, the thing is that, you know, people as they grow in their knowledge, it's easier for them to accept things. Right? So, there are some things which are very difficult for you to hear at the beginning. But as you grow in your knowledge, as you grow in your faith, and as you increase in your submission, then accepting anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes easy. Right? So you need a certain level of maturity to be able to listen to some things and accept them. And this is the reason why we see that when the sharia was revealed, when the law was revealed, people were not told on the first day, leave this alcohol. Right? They were not told on the first day that this is how you're supposed to get married and this is how you're supposed to get divorced and this is something that you're not allowed to do and that is something that you must do. If that was the case, people would never listen. Right? All of these ahkam, when were they revealed? After hijrah. After the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina. And that's 13 years later. Why? Because people were ready to accept. They had that inner maturity that they would be able to accept what was given to them. So until then, what do you do? What kind of answer do you give them? You say, Allah knows best. They're also Allah's servants. He is their judge. I'm no judge. God is their judge. He knows best. And you know what? I don't have any problem accepting God's judgment because He never makes a mistake and He doesn't forget any of His creation. And He does not forget anything that His servants have done. So I accept His decision. And that's exactly what Musa salam did over here. قَالَ عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّ فِي كِتَابِ لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي وَلَا يَنْسَى And then he didn't let Fir'aun talk. He continued, he carried on. Because if he gave Fir'aun the opportunity to say something, Fir'aun would again say something, you know, that would cause trouble. So he carried on. الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَهْدًا Who is Allah? الَّذِي the one who جَعَلَ لَكُمْ Who has made for you. الْأَرْضَ the earth مَهْدًا As a bed. Mahd is basically bedding that has been spread out. Okay? So it's prepared so you can go sit on it, you can go lie down on it, you can rest. Alright? It's also used for the cradle of a baby where a baby is made to sleep. So the earth, Allah has made it for you as a bed. As a bed. What does it mean? That it's a place where you can find rest. You can find comfort. You can actually live on this earth. You can actually live here. Despite the fact that inside the earth, there's so much going on. I mean, if you think about it, how many explosions and God knows what is going on inside the earth. If you look at a volcano, you wonder what is inside the earth. But despite that the earth is so, from the surface, it's so comfortable. 
الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَهْدًا وَالسَّلَكَ And he has inserted seen lam kaf. Suluk is to enter a path. So for example, a walkway or street, a road, and then continue upon it. Right? And salaka is also to insert something. So for example, you insert a car. Okay, a car goes, and then it just goes through the tunnel. Alright? So salaka, he has inserted for you, lakum for you, fiha in it, meaning in the earth, subulan, roadways, pathways. Natural roadways through mountains and valleys so that you can get from one place to another easily. وَأَنزَلَ And he has sent down مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky مَاءً water. فَأَخْرَجْنَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here in first person that we have brought out بِهِ through it meaning through that water أَزْوَاجًا Categories Different types مِن نَبَاتٍ Of plants that are shatta That are diverse. أَزْوَاج is a plural of زوج and زوج one of a pair. Alright? But it doesn't just mean pairs it also means categories. Right? Meaning different species, different colors of plants that are shatta, diverse. Shatta is a plural of shatit, sheen, ta, ta. Does this word somewhere else in the Quran as well? Shatta. Think. Has anyone memorized a 30 juz over here? Shatta. Come on. Okay, qulubuhum shatta, very good. One more ayah. That indeed your sari, your efforts, they are shatta, diverse. Each person is working in a different way, towards a different goal. Hmm? So shatit is diverse, and it's basically used for diversity within a group, within a category. Alright? So for example, plants, they are of various categories, but then within those categories are also Many variations, right? So for example, look at apple trees. Okay? And you'll find them very different. How? Just look at the produce. Some apples are red, some are green, some are yellow, somewhere in between, right? So, shatta, min nabatin shatta, all this variety. Who created this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this for you. Kulu, all of you eat. Warau, and also pasture. An'amakum, your animals. Eat from what the earth produces for you at the command of Allah. Eat yourself, kulu, and also feed who? Your animals. Warau an'amakum. Warau is from the root letters ra'ainya, ra'i. Ra'i is to look after a living thing. So for instance, you have a pet. Alright? And you have to look after it. How? You have to make sure that it has its food, the temperature is right, the air is okay for it. You know, it's amazing if you have fish in a tank, you even need a thermometer. Right? You need a water filter and you also need a thermometer to make sure that the water is of the right temperature. Certain other creatures, you have to make sure that the humidity level is okay for them. Right? Which is why you think it would be so cheap to just buy one pet. And you go and you find out you have to buy like a hundred accessories for them because otherwise they won't be living in optimal conditions and they won't stay healthy. So this is ra'i. Looking after a living thing. Looking after. Taking care of its shelter, its food, its well-being, its safety, its home, everything. And basic things of the most important things that need to be looked after when you're taking care of a creature is its food. So, warau over here refers to 
take them for grazing, for pasture. Who? An'amakum, your animals. Inna fi dhalika la ayat. Indeed in that are surely signs, li'ulin nuha, for the possessors of nuha. Intellect. People who have intellect, people who have wisdom, who are intelligent, they will find lessons over here. They will realize the power of God. They will realize the existence of Allah. They will realize that the God of Musa is better than the so-called God, self-proclaimed God, Fir'aun. Now the word that is used for intellect, what is it? Over here. What word is it? Hmm? Nuha. What's the root? What do you think? Nunhaya. What does nahi mean? Amr bil ma'roof wa nahi anil munka. To stop. Right? So the intellect is called nuha. The mind is called nuha. Why? Does your mind ever stop you? Does it? Yes. If you think about it, children, when they're little, they don't know what their limits are. Or do they? They don't know what their limits are. If you give them a bag of chocolate, of candy, they literally eat it all. They will. The other day my son, he's allergic to nuts, so my daughter, she was having nuts and I felt really bad because he's looking, you know, with hasra in his eyes. And so I said, okay, you can have some chocolate. You know, I gave him a, a bag of Kit Kat bites. All right, I gave that to him. Like, you can have a few. He said, only one? I'm like, no, you can have a few. So uh, he was like, wow. He ran away with that bag, sitting in the living room on the floor, facing the wall and eating it. And after a few minutes, I realized, oh my God, I didn't check how much he ate. I go and the bag is almost empty. And like so much sugar, because kids, they don't have this sense of limits where I have to stop. You know, which is why you'll find a child who's playing, they're falling asleep, they're tired, exhausted, but they're not going to quit playing. They're not going to. And you'll find them you know, asleep in various places, in a laundry basket or on the floor or on the stairs or in the playroom, right? Because they're fighting their sleep. So as you develop your aql, what happens? Your aql, it sets limits for you. Little children, sometimes they have no fear of heights, no fear of strangers, right? Which is why they'll push a chair next to the counter, they'll climb onto the chair and from that the counter, they'll open up the freezer, take the ice cream out, get down, go sit on the couch at 3 a.m. I'm not making this up. Somebody told me their two-year-old son did that. Would you ever do that? Would you ever do that? No, you wouldn't. You won't climb onto a stool and then on the counter and then you know, reach something so high. You wouldn't do that. Right? Especially in darkness at 3 a.m., Eating ice cream? You won't do that. Why? Because your aql will set that limit for you. That no, even though I'm really hungry and I'm craving ice cream, it doesn't make sense to do that. It doesn't make sense to climb up like this and get ice cream. Right? Recently I found out that this one boy, I actually went to see him. He had fractured his arm. Alright? And I was told that this little boy went in the kitchen, climbed up the drawers, you know, the handles, the drawer handles. Okay? So he used them as a ladder. Okay? steps. So he climbed them up, got onto the counter, opened up the cupboard, and he was trying to reach, you know, some chocolate or candy or something. And his foot basically slipped. And as he slipped, his foot got caught in the oven door handle. All right. And he 
fell. And when he fell, he landed on his elbow. So he broke his elbow completely, but not just that, he even dislocated his shoulder. He even dislocated his shoulder. Now they had to do surgery and so much, you know, just to fix his arm. So you find children getting, you know, hurting themselves because they don't know what their limits are. They don't know where to stop. And sometimes even adults don't know where their limits are. When it comes to sleeping, no limits. When it comes to eating, no limits. When it comes to dressing up or dressing down rather, no limits. Right? So when a person doesn't set limits for themselves, you know, when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to watching TV, then what does it mean? They're just like a child. They haven't grown up. If they're sleeping away, talking away, chatting away, spending hours on Facebook, spending hours on social media, spending hours watching YouTube videos on how to wear your hijab nicely, I mean, there's no nuha. Right? There's no intellect. Their mind is not working because it's not setting limits for them. So, inna fi dhalika, indeed in this are signs for who? Li nuha. People who realize that we have limits and who sets limits for themselves? People who have a purpose in life, who have a goal in life, who want to do something in their lives. So those who are living a purposeful, meaningful life, they will find lesson in this. It's not possible that they won't find God. They will realize His power. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِنُّهَا مِنْهَا خَلَقُنَاكُمْ Allah addresses directly. From it, meaning from this earth, we created you. وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ And in it we shall return you. Your origin is this earth. It is from the earth that your bodies have grown. Your origin, Adam salam, produced from the earth. And then your body, its nutrition, its sustenance also comes from the earth. So مِنْهَا خَلَقُنَاكُمْ Your body is a product of this earth. وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ And into it we shall return you. Meaning after you die, you're going back into this earth. Whether you're put in a proper grave or you're not, wherever you die, wherever your body rests, eventually you're going back into this earth. You're turning back into dust, into soil, or into some other material of the earth. But then you won't be lost in the earth. وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ And from it we shall bring you out. تَارَةً A time, أُخْرَى Another. تَارَة From the root letters تَارَة A time, a turn. So we will bring you out from this earth another time. This earth was your beginning. You will return to it. And then you will come out from it as well. And when we realize this, that we're going back into this earth. You know when you look at mud, you're like, Oh, dirt. It's dirty. Right? Which is why we call mud dirt. Anything nasty, we call it dirty. But we forget that this is our origin. And this is going to be our ultimate abode in this dunya. Right now we're living on the surface of the earth. Eventually we will go inside this earth. We will go into the earth. Then why assume arrogance? Why think highly of yourself? Why live in self-deception? In Surah Al-Mursalat, Ayah 25-26, Allah says, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلِ الْأَرْضَ كِفَاتَ أَحْيَاءً وَأَمْوَاتَ Have we not made the earth a container for the living and for the dead? That this earth contains everything. Those who are alive and also those who are dead. وَلَقَدْ So Musa a.s. he gave a lengthy response to Fir'aun. To the question of Fir'aun, that who is your Lord? Musa a.s. he gave a lengthy response. And then, he also showed him miracles. وَلَقَدْ Allah says, 
And certainly, أَرَيْنَاهُ We showed him. Meaning through Musa a.s. Ayatina, our signs, miracles. Kullaha, All of them. Meaning, all that were relevant and necessary, they were shown. Fir'aun was given proofs, he was given evidences, he was shown miracles, فَكَذَّبَ But he denied. وَأَبَى And he refused. He refused to accept. He refused to listen to Musa a.s. And in response he said, أَجِئْتَنَا Have you come? لِتُخْرِجَنَا So that you expel us min ardina from our land بِسِحْرِكَ With your magic, يَا مُوسَى O Musa. So the miracles that Musa a.s. showed Fir'aun, what did Fir'aun call those miracles? Magic. And he said, this is just the beginning of your magic and your goal is to expel us from our homeland and take over. This is a false accusation because Musa a.s. never implied anything like this. In fact, he said the exact opposite. He said, let the Bani Israel go. Let us go from here. We don't want to stay. We don't want to stay. We want to go. So let us go. Let the Bani Israel go. Now why did Fir'aun say something like this? Again, what do you think? To make people angry with Musa a.s. To turn people against Musa a.s. Because the general masses, they don't typically use their mind. They don't typically analyze things on their own. What do they do? Whatever they hear, big people saying, or whatever they hear media saying, that's what they say, that's what they repeat, that's what they believe in. So Fir'aun is using that power. He's influencing his people. Right? He's accusing Musa a.s. of things that Musa a.s. never intended. And he said, فَلَنَأْتِيَنَّكَ Then surely we will definitely bring you بِسِحْرٍ with magic. مِثْلِ He's similar to it. Okay, you show us magic, we'll show you magic too. فَجْعَلْ So make بَيْنَنَا between us وَبَيْنَكَ and between you. مَوْعِدًا An appointment. Let's make an appointment for us and for you. And this appointment, meaning a time and a place where we will meet, so that you show your magic and we display our magic, we will compete. لا نخلفه We shall not go against it. Meaning we shall not fail to keep it. Meaning, O Musa, don't back off then. Make sure you show up. We will also show up. نحن we ولا أنت Nor you. We will show up. And ya Musa, even you have to show up. Don't back off. And this appointment is going to be at a makanan, at a place that is suwa. What does it mean by suwa? What's the root? Sinwa? Yeah. Any word that comes to your mind? Sawa'un. Right? To be equal, to be the same. Sawa, he made smooth. Right? Khalaqafa sawa, he made smooth. So sinwa wiya, sawa, taswiya, it gives the meaning of leveling something, making it equal. So makanan suwa, a place that is suwa, it means a place that is smooth, flat, meaning an open space. Why an open space? Hmm? Exactly. A lot of people can come and everybody can see. Alright? And this can also be understood as a place that is equal, meaning for us and for you, neither in your favor nor in our favor, because when there is a place where two people have to perform and it's that place is such that it's favorable for one individual but not favorable for the other, then it's not fair. Right? So, makan and suwa. It can also be understood as assigned. So, of equal facility for both of us, an open space so that each group has a fair chance. 
or a place that is assigned, meaning a central location also. Qala, he said, مَوْعِدُكُمْ Musa a.s. said, okay, fine. I can do that. You want me to come and show these miracles again? Sure, I can do that. And مَوْعِدُكُمْ Your appointment, we will meet when? يَوْمُ zina On the day of zina. What is zina? Beautification, adornment. And remember that zina has different levels of the body, deeper than that of the soul, of the mind, Right? Then not just of the body, but also of your clothes, your environment, your home. Okay? So there's different levels of adornment. The day of adornment, meaning the day when your heart is happy, on your body you have adornment, you know, in your house you have adornment, everything's looking nice. What kind of a day would that be? What do you think? Of some festival. Right? Like for example, when it comes to Christmas, right? It's Yamuzina for people. Why? Because before that and after that and during that, what do you see everywhere? Christmas lights on the houses, inside also there's stuff, right? On the streets you will see that. So whenever there is a festival, people adorn themselves, they beautify themselves, and as, as well as their surroundings. So Musa salam said that this competition should take place on a holiday basically. Why a holiday? Hmm? Because then everybody can come. Everybody can come. The more people can come, the better it is. Alright? And also people are excited, they're happy, they're looking forward to watching something interesting. So Musa said, fine. مَوْعِدُكُمْ يَوْمُزِينَ وَأَنَّ and that يُحْشَرَ النَّاسُ The people should be gathered. Duha meaning at the time of duha. What is duha? Early morning. When the sun has risen and the light has fully spread. But before, afternoon. Because what happens at afternoon? Afternoon. The sun reaches its peak and then it begins to go down. Right? And then people want to eat food and they want to rest and they want to go about their day. But before that time, early morning time, okay, people, you know, they have free time. So he set the time also. Now notice something over here. Everything's decided. What is going to be done? Who is going to do it? Where it's going to happen? When it's going to happen? Yes, and this shows the confidence of Musa salam, his commitment also. Because when we're not fully committed to something, what do we say? Yeah, I'll think about it, I'll let you know. And maybe around that day, or maybe sometime during that day, yeah, maybe I'll come, maybe somebody else will come. But when you set the exact details, who will do it? What will be done? Where it will be done? When it will be done? Everything is decided. It shows the confidence of Musa salam. فَتَوَلَّى فِرْعَوْنُ So Fir'aun he turned, meaning he went away from Musa and he got busy. فَجَمَعَ كَيْدَهُ And Fir'aun got busy in jama'ah. He collected, he gathered up. كَيْدَهُ His plan. So he's making up his plan. How am I going to defeat this magic of Musa? How am I going to prove him wrong? How am I going to show myself as better? So he gathered up his plan. And what was his plan? He sent word throughout his kingdom, that every magician, every knowledgeable magician, every expert magician should come. And when Fir'aun had done his planning, all the magicians had come, ثُمَّ ata, Then he came. In other words, Fir'aun came fully prepared. Amazing. Musa salam and Harun salam, two men. And what do they have? One staff. And here is Fir'aun, Freaking out, and what does he have? His whole kingdom and expert magicians and so many of them. 
Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. قَالَ فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى قَالَ فَمَا بَالُ الْقُرُونِ الْأُولَى قَالَ عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي فِي كِتَابٍ لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي وَلَا يَنْسَى الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ مَهْدًا وَسَلَكَ لَكُمْ فِيهَا سُبُلًا وَأَنْزَلَ وَأَنْزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْ نَبَاتٍ شَتَّى كُلُوا وَرْعَوْا أَنْعَامَكُمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُلِنُّهَا مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى وَلَقَدْ أَرَيْنَاهُ آيَاتِنَا كُلَّهَا فَكَذَّبَ وَأَبَى قَالَ أَجِئْتَنَا لِتُخْرِجَنَا مِنْ أَرْضِنَا بِسِحْرِكَ يَا مُوسَى فَلَنَأْتِيَنَّكَ بِسِحْرٍ مِثْلِهِ فَجَعَلْ بَيْنَنَا فَجَعَلْ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكَ مَوْعِدًا لَا نُخْلِفُهُ نَحْنُ وَلَا أَنْتَ مَكَانًا سُوًا قَالَ مَوْعِدُكُمْ يَوْمُ الزِّينَةِ وَأَنْ يُحْشَرَ النَّاسُ ضُحًا فَتَوَلَّى فِرْعَوْنُ فَجَمَعَ كَيْدَهُ ثُمَّ أَتَى 